Welcome to EdTech Journeys, the Wayne County Public Schools podcast where we explore the ever-evolving world of educational technology and its impact on teaching and learning. Our mission is to help educators stay up-to-date with the latest EdTech trends and best practices. In each episode, we'll sit down with experts, teachers, and administrators to discuss their experiences and share insights into how blended learning and technology integration are transforming education. Join us as we embark on a new adventure in learning. This is EdTech Journeys with Robert Yancey. Dr. Ashley McBride and Lauren Boucher from the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction stopped by to chat about all the benefits available to our staff with their ISTE memberships. This year, every certified educator in the state of North Carolina was given a professional membership to the International Society for Technology and Education. ISTE is the world's most dynamic edtech community, and teachers can make use of a wide variety of resources available. Now, let's see what they have to say and let the journey begin. I'd like to welcome our guests today, Lauren Boucher and Dr. Ashley McBride. How are y'all this afternoon? Doing well. Doing awesome. All right. So before we dive into our interview with y'all and, and talk a little bit more about ISTE, let's talk about you. Uh, what, what can you tell me about your current job, your professional background? Uh, let our audience know who you are. So if we can start with Dr. McBride. Yeah, so um, Ashley McBride and I am the Digital Learning Initiative Consultant for the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction, which is just a fancy way of saying that uh, I'm in charge of our state's digital learning plan and the funding that uh, we utilize to support school districts and schools around the state. Uh, prior to that, I was the tech director in Dare County Schools. Um, before that, I was um, the ed tech coach at Chapel Hill Carborough uh, City Schools, um, where I worked with East Chapel Hill High School teachers. And before that, I was an English teacher. So I've uh, worked my way through. All right. Um, middle school, high school? Middle and high school. I've had experience with both. Well, terrific. So. Yeah, I, I worked high school. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Miss Boucher? I am the Southeast Digital Teaching and Learning Consultant, so I work with basically Wayne County to the beach and down to South Carolina, supporting mainly tech directors and uh, digital teaching and learning specialists. Before that, I was a district-level instructional technology specialist with Pitt County Schools, and before that, I was a gifted education teacher, K-8 and I started my teaching career as a third grade teacher in Pitt County. All right, terrific. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about ISTE today in this interview. So let's just start out with the most obvious question. What is ISTE? What does I-S-T-E even stand for? Um, and if you could just kind of give an idea for our audience, what do they do? So ISTE is short for the International Society for Technology and Education, and they are a uh, professional organization uh, that is uh, global, and they provide professional learning, they uh, offer digital teaching and learning standards, and um, they provide uh, conferences and membership opportunities to support educators with implementing technology into the classroom. Okay. So what are the benefits of being a member of ISTE for educators? 
So as Dr. McBride said, they provide lots and lots of uh, educator resources through their ISTE Central portal. Um, There are topic guides. There is a journal that comes out each month um, that focuses on teachers, media coordinators, and leaders. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, ISTE members have access to online courses. Um, Some are free, some are paid, but all members do get discounts Mm -hmm. for those, as well as for books that are published through ISTE. And each year there is a free book that comes out for members. So um, I believe this year it's Learning Supercharged. It is. And I am currently working on a book study that will be released that districts can take and use um, with that since every educator in North Carolina has access to that free ebook. Now you're jumping ahead of me a little bit, Miss Boucher. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, well, before we move on, what is the potential benefit there for students, you know, with, with their teachers being members of ISTE? So actually our students um, last, in 2019, the state of North Carolina adopted the ISTE student standards as the digital learning standards for students. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, there was a pandemic that happened shortly thereafter. Sure. So um, we're working on trying to uh, push that out again. We're doing a like kind of a revamp of that and what that looks like. But really what it does is it makes sure that our students are um, digitally savvy. So it's digital citizenship. Are they uh, good uh, global communicators? Um, so it's all of those skills that they need in this, um, I don't want to say 21st century because sure. we're <laughs> <laughs> but um, the skills that they need for uh, future-proofing um, their career and, and lifestyles. I mean, everything we do is online. So uh, those are important skills for students to be able to have. Um, ISTE also provides, because of the professional development um, for the teachers, allows uh, those students to have teachers who know how to integrate those technologies mm-hmm. into the classroom. Okay. And because it is statewide, every teacher in North Carolina has access to the same resources. So mm-hmm. You know, the hope is that no matter what school or what classroom a student is sitting in, they're getting the same um, access uh, to teachers who have the same access to the resources. And so there's going to be that shared vocabulary and shared knowledge across the state as well. Right. So you've already mentioned this. So every single certified educator in the state has access to this membership. Every single educator in the state of North Carolina. Okay. So... How do they take advantage of this? So where um, there's some different names for it, but mm-hmm. NC Ed Cloud or mm-hmm. Rapid Identity or whatever you want to call it, wherever you go to get to your power school, that's sure. kind of the easiest way to put that. <laughs> um, one of the uh, squares that mm-hmm. has populated recently, it says ISTE and it's uh, their ISTE logo, I-S-T-E. And they can click on that, and it should take them in um, their first time accessing. They'll have a few questions to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it should take them directly to uh, their um, their dashboard for ISTE. And if they have any problems with that, for anybody listening, they can um, email ncisti, N-C-I-S-T-E, at dpi.nc.gov and let us know that they're having trouble, and mm-hmm. we can fix it on the back end. Great, great. So digging down a little bit deeper into ISTE itself, uh, how have they helped shape the future of education and technology in the classroom over, over time? You know, what has been their influence? 
So the biggest influence that I think they've had is really those ISTE standards. Mm -hmm. So they have standards for uh, students, standards for educators, standards for administrators, and standards for coaches. And really all of those standards are aligned and it's um, making sure that we're creating um, students who are engaged in their education, um, that they are learning uh, through new technologies as well as how to utilize new technologies in different and creative ways. Mm -hmm. um, so the standards are first and foremost, kind of giving everybody a place to kind of reach towards. Um, beyond that, they also have provided um, all of these uh, books. There's tons of professional development books um, that are available for people in various different um, categories. So I know that they have some on coaching. I know that they have some on um, gamification. They have some on creativity with ed tech. So um, all sorts of resources to help a teacher to kind of rethink and reimagine what their classroom can look like. Okay. As well as um, monthly webinars. Mm -hmm. So they call, they're called expert webinars. Um, and so ISTE does a really great job of allowing the, the EdTech ed gurus and the superstars in the EdTech world mm -hmm. to have a platform to share the latest research and the latest strategies that they're finding success with in the classroom, sharing that out to, to all of its members. Um, so that's another way that I think that they they help in shaping what ed tech looks like in the classroom. Right. And those are done biweekly, and they're free for every member. Um, and you can go back and watch the recordings because I know that um, in our Eastern time zone, it's at one o'clock in the afternoon, which is kind of hard right. um, to manage for most people. But all of those recordings are there, and and uh, you're able to go in. And they've had some really great ones. Um, in the last year or two, yeah, I, I think I saw some um, some uh, communications about some of the more recent ones that are coming up. Um, I'm not sure if it's an expert webinar, but I think there's some webinar coming up on Chat GPT. Yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I'm really excited about taking a look at that. That that's been a the a topic of conversation among um, those of us in the technology field as of late. And since you mentioned communication, I just mm -hmm. want to for anybody who's listening, um, once you activate your membership, you do get a number of emails letting you know that things are coming or that you you know that this community group's being active and things like that. If those are overwhelming, you can change that in the settings. I've had people come to me and uh, come to us and say, this is overwhelming. I don't want them sending all this stuff to me. There is a way to change that in the settings. So I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware that this is a great resource, but you don't have to get all the emails that you might get if you don't change that. So Right, right. So digging again a little bit deeper into this. So, so how has ISTE supported integration of technology in the classroom? So um, they have a number of, like we said, those professional development resources and those standards. Mm -hmm. So those standards kind of help to put a guidepost mm -hmm. out there for educators mm -hmm. um, and allow, uh, again, teachers, administrators, students, and um, coaches to really kind of look at what those standards are and say, okay, that's the, that's the goal I'm trying to reach sure. in digital citizenship in all of these different things. Um, they also, with uh, some of their, um, they do a great deal of research as well. They have mm -hmm. a research team that is dedicated to um, vetting journal articles, and, and um, they uh, 
are leading some of that ed tech research. So it's been really interesting. That's that's not a part you can't get into that journal unless you add that to your membership. That's mm-hmm. not a part of the basic membership, but sure. I've added it to mine and I've been digging into their research and that's kind of how we, you know, figure out some of our professional development through DPI that we mm-hmm. we provide is really digging into what is some of that new research and stuff. So they've really been leading the way. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, they've also started working with um, educator prep programs. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to go not just into current classroom teachers and practices. They're trying to reach in to make sure that those educator prep programs are also training teachers. So when they enter the classroom, it's not this overwhelming sense of, mm-hmm. wait a second, I was taught all of this stuff with paper pencil and what does it mean to blend the classroom and what does it mean to do? Um, another piece that they're offering um, is they've recently started ISTE certification and I think that was like two years ago that they started doing ISTE certification And this is a portfolio-based program Mm -hmm. where educators can go in and they can be really reflective on their practice. Mm -hmm. And um, they can uh, look at how they've been working with students utilizing those standards that I was uh, uh, talking about. Um, And we at the Department of Ed have been working with, we've got 60 educators who are working through that program right now Mm -hmm. that the Department of Ed is paying for. Um, so, and we're going to be looking to do that again next year. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so you've already kind of alluded to it, but I, I just want to point out to our audience, what are some of the professional development opportunities that they can engage in with ISTE as a member? So there's the ISTE certification, which Mm -hmm. we were just talking about. Um, that does cost, uh, but again, the state department's putting funding into trying to make sure that districts aren't having to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have uh, the webinars that Lauren was talking about. They have um, some, they do have some um, groups. They call them uh, learning communities. They have some Mm -hmm. global learning communities. I know they have one for coaches. They have one for administrators. They have one for tech directors where it is these chat forums that you can just go on and you can post a question and you might get a response from somebody across the country. I've learned some great things from, uh, I, I'm, I'm heavily active in the coaching mm-hmm. group and I've gotten some great information from uh, some individuals in Canada. And it's just <laughs> great to, to kind of have those conversations with people all across the world. Sure. Um, I've connected with people from Great Britain and Argentina, and we just talk education practices, especially mm-hmm. around technology. So um, that's some other ones. They also have some asynchronous mm-hmm courses that can be taken. Um, some of them, again, are like $5, $10. Some of them are up to like 75 But they do have free ones in there as well. Um, Lauren, can you think of anything that I might have missed? So the, the two that are coming to my mind really big right now are not necessarily offered through ISTE, but will <laughs> be um, offered from DPI. Mm-hmm. Um but aligned to the ISTE standards, and that is our various um, cohorts that we have going on for coaching right now, and those mm-hmm. are focused, you know, again, in alignment to the ISTE coaching standards. And then our really, really big event is our NC Bold event that we host over sure. the summer, um, where practicing educators from across the state of North Carolina 
Um, we call it, we lovingly refer to it as our traveling circus mm-hmm. <laughs> because we literally travel from region to region mm-hmm. um, for two weeks and are delivering professional development based on those ISD standards for students um, as well as ISD standards for educators. So not necessarily offered through ISD, but it is a professional learning opportunity for teachers across the state that is completely free. Mm-hmm. Um, we feed you really, really good food too. <laughs> it is delicious. Um, and it's just, it's a great, great day of, of PD. We we even get roadies sometimes <laughs> who come for a day and they're like, this is the greatest thing ever, but I didn't get to go to all the sessions that I wanted to go to. So... Yeah. I'm going to, you know, hit the road with them tomorrow and be a few hours away, but get some more PD. So um, those are are two, like I said, not necessarily through ISTE, but focused on ISTE that that is available to our teachers. Well, and you also said that you were working on the um, book study for Learning Supercharged. So that'll be coming out in the next, I don't know, few months. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have a date on that. We don't have a date for that yet. Um, And we will probably run one statewide, Mm -hmm. um, but it will also be available for districts um, to pull and pick and choose what parts of that book study they want to do. Okay. Well, that, that sounds like really exciting stuff for our teachers out there. Um, so can you talk to me about any success stories or examples of educators who may have seen positive results in their involvement with ISTE? Um, I, I'm just trying to just ground this for our audience. Do we, do we have any real-world examples of people saying, my gosh, this is the best thing. You know, I've, I, I've gotten so much out of this. We do. We've been pulling this into the coaching cohorts, mm-hmm. so that's kind of been our first our first stop with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working with our coaches on how they can share specific resources because one of the things that we've had people come to us and say is, you know, there's a lot of stuff available mm-hmm. and it's a little overwhelming. Sure. So we're trying to figure out the best way to make it kind of bite sized for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really letting our coaches kind of lead that charge across the state of how do we take these resources, pick some of the pieces that are very high leverage, and make it bite size. Um, a way that we're doing that at the at the state, um, outside of having the coaches kind of build some of those materials, is we have partnered with ISTE. And they have created topic guides that align to our new digital learning plan. So mm. um In August, for any listener who's not aware, in August of 2022, the State Board of Education adopted a brand new statewide digital learning plan. Mm -hmm. Um, That digital learning plan was created with 54 educators from across the state. It was not created by DPI. It was was teachers, uh, librarians, ed tech coaches, technology directors, principals, and technicians who Mm -hmm. all came together, and they uh, did the research, had conversations in their districts, and they wrote that plan. So looking at that plan that has just been launched, um, we've partnered with ISTE, and ISTE is helping us to create topic guides. So if you go into your ISTE dashboard, one of the first boxes you see is topic guides, and they've had topic guides for a while. But what we've done is we've said, okay, your topic guides are fantastic. They've got one on social-emotional learning. They've got one on digital citizenship. But our state plan says we need to have teachers looking at blended learning and personalized learning. 
Um, and we didn't see anything that was specifically targeted for librarians. So those are the first three topic guides that they built with the state of North Carolina in mind. Mm-hmm. We've got more coming. And um, anybody who wants to suggest a topic guide can can email us and let us know, like, hey, uh, one we're looking at trying to do is for administrators. We're trying to do one specifically for K-2 teachers, one for um, exceptional ed teachers. So we're working on those according to the needs that are being told to us by the field. Okay. And when I am sharing the ISTE standards for students with teachers um, across the state, one one piece of feedback that I continually get is the standards are very broad mm-hmm. and there's lots of, of words in there that they're not familiar with and don't really understand how that applies to their classroom. So um, one resource that I always partner with the ISTE st- student standards is our grade band indicators that can be found on our the digital teaching and learning website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what those do for teachers who really want to have success with the standards is it gives concrete, simple examples of what it looks like in every classroom, kindergarten through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, you know, to me, one of the most powerful resources that we have to help teachers have success with the standards in their classroom. Because once they start going through those grade band indicators, they're going to realize they're already doing a lot of what is in those standards. So even though the standards are very broad um, and may seem a little confusing, checking out those grade band indicators will really, really help teachers have success in the classroom with those. Okay, terrific. Um, so how does ISTE support things like diversity, equity, inclusion, um, a- as it relates to technology and education? So they have a, um, a committee within ISTE that mm-hmm. they, they focus on these topics. Um, but really, they go out into the field and they look for voices from all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're doing that, they pull. So if you go and look at like their webinars and things like that, they're, um, they work really hard to make sure that they're trying to have that um, equitable playing field for everybody, uh, that they're advocating. They have some advocacy groups that they work with mm-hmm. um, and that they are supporting all students regardless of um, disabilities or race or religion or where they're going to school, quite honestly. Right, right. And um, so you you briefly touched upon this earlier, um, so we're just going to delve into it a little mm-hmm. bit. The pandemic. Yeah. Um, what, what, how has, how did ISTE adapt to the changes brought on by the pandemic? Uh, how did it support educators during this time? So one of the things is that they really dug into um, different research around what was happening during the pandemic, and, mm-hmm. and they were really listening um, to what uh, educators needed. And I think that's where some of those webinars were born. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of um, those uh, chat groups that they already had in place kind mm-hmm. of blew up with, you know, mm-hmm. just just connecting people. Right. Um, they started something called ISTE Loop, which um, you can go into where it's kind of like a a blind date for somebody to mm-hmm. sit down and have a conversation with somebody else who is 
not within their realm of mm-hmm. teaching. So it's not like somebody from Wayne County is talking to somebody from Wayne County. It would be right. if uh, somebody were to do the the loop, um, it would be somebody from Wayne County talking to somebody from California or something like that. So okay. um, just trying to make those connections with people for best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, the other pieces, there's been a lot of um, work around how educators can take... because. Let's face it, with the pandemic, we got a lot of ESSER funds Mm -hmm. and a lot of devices, and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of people who were not one-to-one who all of a sudden were Mm one-to-one, and all of a sudden they were remote, and they had never done a learning management system, or they had never, like, all of these things, and then districts started purchasing all this software and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that ISTE is working on right now is they're finalizing a um, digital resource evaluation. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look necessarily, it does look at how the resource works with students and, and whether it meets the goals of the, of the students, but it also looks at the usability from the teacher side. Mm. Because sometimes resources are purchased and they might be great for students, but the teachers, it's like having to take a college course to try to figure out how to even operate the thing. Right. Um, so it's, it's an evaluation uh, system with all of those lenses in mind. I know their research group is finishing up that work. And actually, one of our school districts, uh, Caldwell County, um, was a part of that original work group, getting that together. Um, So they've been working on trying to figure out ways to support teachers who um, had a lot of stuff thrown at them all at once Mm -hmm. um, because not everybody had the resources that they have now. Right, right. And something else that they... And actually, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, their conference mm-hmm. during the pandemic yep. went all virtual, right? Um, right. As as they all had to do, right? Um, but ISTE, I think, has been in the forefront moving forward of a blended conference, and so they have changed their um, conference registration structure where you can, you know. Be all live, or you can be all virtual, or or um, a, a blend of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, as members, we have access to some of those virtual sessions that were or that were recorded live. Mm-hmm. Um, in answer to you know people still not being a hundred percent comfortable being around you know a large crowd of people. Sure, sure. Um, or just can't afford to or, go. Or can't afford to go. Right. Yes, because right. it is it it is a pretty hefty price tag to, to travel to ISTE. Oh, yes. Um, but I think they've done a really good job of making their conference accessible as much as possible mm-hmm. through the different um, registration structures and, and making sessions available after the fact. And that's good to hear that they've continued down that path of offering uh, virtual sessions uh, for their conference because you're absolutely right. I, I mean... It, the registration for the conference might not be so bad, but mm-hmm. just traveling to the conference, oh, yeah. um, that, that can be um, quite a hefty price tag. Especially when it's in San Antonio or um, where was it last year? Oh, Louisiana, um, New Orleans, stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, the hotels are not cheap in those areas. Yeah. No, I, I went one year um, and it was in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And, and the flight alone was... Uh, <laughs> It yeah. was jaw-dropping, but uh, but suffice it to say, I, I'm glad that they've uh, continued looking at the virtual side of things. Um, 
So you, you've already mentioned uh, some about the digital learning plan and, and the influence of ISTE on that. Um, do you want to delve a little bit deeper into how ISTE correlates to the plan? How does it support the plan? Yeah. So um, in our digital learning plan, it talks about uh, making sure that um, when students are um, in classrooms that they're getting, um, that they're meeting those uh digital learning standards for students. And of course, all of ISTE's professional learning material aligns to that. So that's an easy tick off. Mm -hmm. Um, But I work, um, so I am the liaison with ISTE for the department. And I work with a couple of people um, from ISTE, uh, quite a few people from ISTE who are constantly, they look at our digital learning plan and they say, well, what if we also provided this? Or we've got this coming up and it's going to cost a little bit of money, but um, could we structure it this way? Or what if we did that? Um, so ISTE's working with us specifically to make sure that we're supporting our digital learning plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are um, continuing to work with us. So we were just talking about our contract uh, just yesterday okay. and how we can... Um, Add, they've recently merged with ASCD, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, the leadership uh, professional mm-hmm. developer. Um, I'm not sure what the acronym means off the top of my head right this second. Um, I hear it thrown around a lot. <laughs> I'm not quite sure either, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely... Lauren's going to Google it for okay, us. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they just merged with ASCD, and so that partnership is very, very new. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're talking to them about how we can leverage their... Um, their merger with ASCD to also provide for some of our leaders and things like that. Did you find it? I did. It is the Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development. There you go. Well, there we go. <laughs> and now we know. All right. Well, that that sounds very exciting. And Can, uh, can I yeah, add yeah. something? Sure. Ashley didn't mention this, but North Carolina is the very first state to have a statewide membership. So this was huge, not only for North Carolina, but it was big for ISTE as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are working very closely with Ashley to make sure that we're happy. Because yeah. <laughs> this is something that, you know, they would like to replicate across the country, hopefully. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and there were other states, so they announced this at last year's ISTE conference, and there were other states who approached them immediately and said, wait, why do they get to do it? How do we get to do that? Like, it just wasn't a thing um, that we had, you know, uh, my boss, Dr. Rob Dietrich, and I were just sitting in a conversation one day, and we have a COSIN membership, which is Consortium Mm -hmm. for Online School Networking, which is really for more the technical side of education. It's um, for technology directors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about data privacy and cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And the conversation came up between um, me and Dr. Dietrich saying, um, well, but our teachers, we need need instructional supports for our teachers and what resources can we offer them? And at DPI, we try to offer them as much as we can um, in that vein uh, through digital teaching and learning, which Mm -hmm. is the um, department that... um, Lauren and I work in, and um, but we are only so many strong. There's not sure. There's only so many of us, um, and so being able to reach out to a partner like ISTE, and mm-hmm. they have all of these resources that already align to our North Carolina digital learning standards for students. So it um, it worked out really, really well, and we have some other states who are really jealous. 
<laughs> Which is always nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's good to hear that the NCDPI is pioneering uh, this, and and, um, and it, it's such a benefit for our educators out there uh, to have access to these resources. And I do want to point out, it's not intended to be one more thing. Like, it's not. Sure. That is obviously one of the last things that we want. We just want to make sure that the resources are available to teachers and that we can support our teachers, um, especially with uh, the digital learning plan being put out there and um, those digital learning standards for students and um, those digital learning competencies for teachers that they have to have those CEUs for for their licensure. So right. we just want to make sure that we're giving them what they need. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so in your opinion... How can these ISTE resources continue to support and drive innovation in education and technology? So I think one key is for our teachers to get into their membership and see what's there. Sure. Um, You know, this is something that is being provided to them, you know, through the state of North Carolina at no cost to them, um, which I think is about a $500 person value. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really like a $500 or so membership that we're, we're giving to everybody. And so I, I think just taking the time to get in there and see what all is available and find what works for you. Mm-hmm. I love watching a webinar. I'm not as, as voracious a reader as I am. I really don't like reading educational articles, <laughs> but I love a webinar. I'm a very, I'm a very visual learner. Um, so, you know, rather than trying to do all the things, mm-hmm. find the resources that really speak to you and, and help you learn the way that you want to learn and take advantage of what's there. Um, because they are the lead, the leading, you know, voice in educational technology mm-hmm. across the globe. Mm-hmm. And so just paying attention to the conversations and the webinars that are happening through ISTE Connect and things like that, I think will Teachers, it'll it'll excite teachers to to see what they can do in their classroom, and I think that's that would help drive it as well. All right. And um, just to just to piggyback off of Lauren, like I am not a big webinar watcher. Like mm-hmm. I just I don't know what it is about just giving an hour to listen or or watch something like that. Um, if I'm in my car, yes, but mm-hmm. when I have to have visuals, I just I don't know why. Right. I think it's because I'm sitting in front of my computer, and I feel like I could be, you know doing some other things, but um, I am big into the research pieces and I'm big into the conversations that are happening in the communities. So um, like Lauren pointed out, I just wanted to piggyback on that, that she she's right. Like you got to find what's going to work for you um, and what which resources are really going to speak to uh, what your needs are. And I think that's the best part of it is there's so much out there that if you take 10 minutes and just do a search on there, you're going to find something mm-hmm. um, that's going to help support what you want to do next in the classroom. And that's really what it's about is learning from others. Um, these There are people who have done gamification in the classroom. There are people who have done um, uh, personalized, learning. personalized learning and blended learning. And you can learn from their um, successes and from their failures. It's a very... The culture is very, very transparent on this part of what I did did not work. Don't do this. <laughs> you know, try something else. Um, but it's nice to hear from others what's working and what's not. And like I said, those communities, 
every now and then, like, I will get an email that, you know, gives me all of the recent community conversations and there will be someone will say, hey, so I built this database for my coaching thing and just wanted to share it out. And everybody like gets on there and goes, oh my goodness, this would work for me, but I'm going to tweak this or I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Or somebody will post something like, I did this really cool lesson that was about um, that integrated computer science with uh, these math skills. I just wanted to share them. Like, it's really cool to see what people are coming up with and sharing out there. Okay. Terrific. Well, I, I just want to say thank you for just giving us the, the rundown of ISTE today. Of course. And, uh, and letting us know um, uh, more about a resource that, uh, that we as educators have access to here in North Carolina. Absolutely. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Boucher and uh, Dr. McBride. Uh, we appreciate you coming out and talking to us today. Thank, thank you for having us. Before we say goodbye to our guests, we have a segment called Five in Five. In this segment, we will ask our guests five questions that we hope they will be able to answer in five minutes. Since we have two guests today, Lauren and Ashley, we will give you up to seven minutes. Woo! <laughs> Are you both ready? I Maybe. suppose. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the first question. If you could choose one superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Flight. All right. Um, Question two. Describe one of your hobbies. Crochet. Reading. I don't I don't know that I have a hobby. Like (laughs) you do. Do I? Documentaries. Ooh, I watch documentaries. Okay. Like that is a hobby of mine. Okay. Okay. Any particular favorites? All documentaries. Okay. (laughs) Like it's a running joke at work. Okay, okay. It is, what enough. did you do this weekend? I watched a documentary. Okay. <laughs> Question three. Name one item on your bucket list. Visit the Globe Theater. I was an English teacher. Hmm. So you have not visited Globe Theater yet? I have not visited the Globe <laughs> Theater in England. No, I have not. Okay. I, I, I went once. Did you like it? It was neat. It was yeah. very neat. Um it was interesting being that close to history you yeah. know? and, and uh, being able to, uh, to just observe. <laughs> I've taught so many students about the shape of it and the purposes and all of that. Sure. And I'd love to actually go see it. Sure. That and nine and three quarters. Mm, I yeah. want to go see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, the top of my bucket list is to watch the polar bears migrate in Churchill, Manitoba. Oh, well, now that is interesting. Where did that come from? I have been obsessed with polar bears since I was in second or third grade. They're they're all over my house. I just, I, I don't know. I love them. I need a pet polar bear. Um, <laughs> but they they migrate through Churchill, Manitoba, and you can get on the little buses that go out on the ice, and they'll come right up to the bus, and you can, like, boop their snoot and all kinds of stuff. You can't, you can't really, but... I was going to say, <laughs> that's that, probably, you know they're ferocious beasts, That's, that's right? probably frowned upon, but I, <laughs> I would try. <laughs> and that's how we lost Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Question four. If you won the lottery, what would you do first? Pay off my student debt. Ah, uh, <laughs> very good, very good. Hire a personal masseuse. Ah, all right. Permanent. Yes, on call. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Her answers are better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I've thought about this stuff. How sad is that? <laughs> it's not sad. Because I need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And our last question. What is one question you wish people would ask you more? So mine is not related to education, so it's probably a strike against me. But I would love for people to ask me about the benefits of crafting. Oh. Crochet, card making, drawing, coloring, whatever. What are the benefits of crafting? Because I could talk about that probably for the same amount of time that I could talk about digital teaching and learning. (laughs) (laughs) What documentary did you watch last weekend? (laughs) Okay, okay. <laughs> I could talk about that for a while. I decided to go away from the work one. Okay. So. Okay, okay. Well, very good. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today, Lauren and Ashley. We have learned a lot about your work, particularly as it relates to ISTE um, and how it can help educators here in North Carolina. Um, I do truly hope you, you both can join us again in the future. We would of love course. to come back. You might want Lauren more if you're talking about the fun stuff because she seems more fun than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, enjoy your EdTech journeys.